Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. happy out when they see that but for me man I can't fucking do anything about steering like it's, it's unbelievably frustrating because uh, I forget that uh, those conditions are hard for me day one <sighs> tough going I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in and I wanted to get five. Uh, or five days done, sorry, going into day six now. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a, a curiosity to, to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks, done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted actually. Day 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in, and um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown, and welcome to Deep Roots. Shortly before I was due to fly out to Lagomera, which is the small island where I started this role, I was invited onto a panel in NUIG uh, by a good friend of mine and a former teammate, Justin Marr. And uh, Justin posed a question to the, kind of the panelists at the end of the event saying or asking, you own or you have rented a billboard on the main artery, the main road uh, running into Dublin. So there's thousands of people passing this thing every day on their commutes or on their travels um, what do you put on it you can put anything you want on it what do you put on it and uh, my answer was question everything shortly after I got back from the row I was invited to Switzerland to give a TEDx talk 
an amazing kind of experience, an amazing honor, and an incredibly nerve-wracking thing to do. And uh, at the time, uh, far out of my comfort zone. Um, and the night before that event, there was a speaker's dinner. So there's 12 speakers at um, TEDx events throughout a, a day. And uh, the 12 speakers were given a, a kind of bit of parchment or a, like a canvas and a marker and asked to kind of get creative or write anything, you know, that you wanted on it, something that was, I suppose, uh, representative of you or an expression of you or, you know, something to do with your talk or whatever. You know, my immediate reaction with these things always is a little bit of uh, vulnerability and a little bit of self-consciousness. Um, but uh, once I kind of pulled myself together, I realized that, or I, I, what came up for me again was back to NUIG, back to this action that I have learned to take, this um, behavior, this habit that I found to be very uh, healthy and valuable to me, and that is question everything. So that's what I wrote down. And that action, that habit, that behavior, that characteristic, that philosophy that I have kind of I've learned to live and embody every day um, is is a practice that is very important to me is a practice that has given me clarity has given me and continues to give me an open-mindedness uh, humility a honesty a authenticity because well firstly you think for yourself and you learn through posing yourself the right questions or yeah the right questions hard questions um and you don't take your perception for reality and that is an important point it's kind of it stems back to the last episode and what I was trying to say is that, you know, how we perceive our experience of life is a behavioral driver. But that perception is not always correct or right or true. And if you pose this or if you live by this kind of question everything philosophy, what you discover over time when you're patient and when you are challenging yourself is that yeah old perceptions they weren't serving you they because they were hindering you they were limit limiting you you were putting barriers up for yourself and um, by questioning those barriers or those perceptions that you had and pushing obviously through um, your own intention to be better or what your purpose or um, to challenge yourself and to grow and to get better um, you realized that these perceptions were were wrong were incorrect were um, were false walls and throughout the course of this row I discovered many false walls some of them absolutely understandable because of my lack of knowledge 
and my inexperience in ocean rowing so you know not having a huge amount a huge bank of information to make um, intelligent or uh, correct um, perceptions over and some of them not some of them I should have known better but that's why you do these things that's why you challenge yourself to disturb that kind of uh, conditioning that um, affects how you perceive things um, I'm not sure when I integrated this behavior I, I you know there's no there's no light bulb moment it, it obviously came over like a, you know it was an evolution of consciousness over time that was unrecognizable it was just happening and I started to kind of through my actions obviously realize that um, uh, my perceptions and my conditioning um, was was holding me back and uh, probably started to do more and more of it um, I think it's fair to say I'm at a place now where um, it is a fantastic kind of resource and guide and practice to have but also one that does my fucking head in at times <laughs> because um you know if you keep ask imagine you keep asking yourself the question why why particularly important things you know why why in terms of ever perceptions decisions actions reactions why 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 that can be quite tiring um but the education you get back off it in terms of connecting with yourself connecting with your uh, inner compass connecting with your intuition is is really a fantastic practice habit and behavior to uh, integrate into yourself so um from watching this uh, and listening to the audio of this video back i i realized there's a couple of uh, touch points around that in the video so um, welcome back to deep roots welcome to day 51 enjoy uh, day 51 um, I nearly forgot to do a video uh, diary for it so um, I'm a little bit late I'm well into day 52 now at this stage but uh, while it's fresh in my mind um, I said I'd and, and while I remembered it come on and um so it was a good day um i rode 45 nautical miles which is the longest i've rode in uh wow in ages um and i did that while still kind of fighting northeasterly winds and uh wave direction as well um but i could see during the day that the um you know during the time periods that I normally row at that I was doing a little bit more than usual so I kind of hoped that it would be uh, uh, it would be um, yeah a better day so at the moment I'm rowing about 12 hours a day um, it seems to have gotten easier since I did that like 19 hour period uh, during the, the northerlies you know 12 hours now or I was aiming for 16 there one day but um, the wind shifted finally uh, into the east and I was like I just crashed but um, I did 12 that day and 12 the next day and uh, yeah like I said it seems to be easier so I normally do two to four and then take an hour or an hour and a half depends how hot it is um, 
and then um, say five uh, until kind of um, five until half nine or so and in the middle there I have kind of half an hour break for dinner at some stage uh, so I try and do like four a four hour kind of row and then take an hour an hour and a half again and then go back out say at like half ten eleven and try and get another couple hours in sleep then um, depending on how long uh, and I need to do in the morning normally four hours and up for eight and then kind of take that five hour block to do four hours and you know have breakfast in the middle and that so it works out about 12 hours um and uh yeah we'll see if i could you know if i could plug string together a couple of 45s or maybe a bit more you know i would uh kind of maybe regain some of that time i lost uh during that three-day period where we had the the northerly winds um Apart from that, it's not too much to really talk about. Uh, I noticed that like sometimes the water is heavier, it's harder to row, kind of midday and uh, um, uh, yeah, what else was it, was it like kind of first thing in the morning when I get up or something, but that might just be down to kind of the body waking up, I'm not sure. Another thing I'm not too sure about is what happened at the end of that um, video diary on day 51. I don't remember if it, something happened on the day the battery life went or, you know, I don't know. I don't know why it cut off so abruptly or, you know, subsequently have I edit, edited it, it in that way. But um, yeah, that was day 51 and did you guys uh, spot the the behavior of questioning everything in that um i will say it is quite subtle and it might be hard to pick up on but there was two instances the first one is a, a false wall instance where um and the perception of that been broken through an action so basically if you remember up until now and i've talked about this um in past episodes in the video diaries and you know now recounting the the epic adventure is that i really struggled to get to like 12 hours rowing like i found it very difficult at times to stay on the oars for two hours and um you know for for a period i was i was only hitting 11 hours a day and then um we had that i got pushed 60 miles south I got this uh, warning off the duty officers that there was more northerly winds. So when I say northerly, that means they're coming from the north, pushing south, the northerly direction. So there was more northerly winds coming and they were fearful that if I didn't work on getting north, um, I would be pushed further south. And then as I kind of got closer to Antigua, there was a much bigger risk in being south because you have to come from the north to approach the island and you know if we got more winds uh, and cur and the currents closer to the islands they would just swing you through the gap between Antigua and um, uh, Martinique to the south I think it's Martinique or Guadeloupe I'm not sure so um, 
You see, you don't want to take that risk, right? So I worked really, what that meant is I worked really hard for about 36 hours, maybe a bit longer, where I rode for 19 hours in 24. And then I think I had my eyes on rowing for 16 the next day, but the winds actually shifted into the east. So east blowing west, blowing me exactly where I wanted to go. And I just crashed out of that effort. I think I'd rowed in about 12... So somewhere I'd rode anyway, 31 hours in about 36, maybe, maybe a bit longer. I probably had a bit of rest in there. Let's say 31 in 40, something like that. So it was a massive, uh, massive um, volume of time spent rowing. So, um, but I got far enough north again where I was quite comfortable, um, you know, based off what I'd been told from the lads at, Atlantic campaigns, the the organizing duty officers of the organizing company and my own weather router leaving. Um, anyway, what that meant is that I had once I'd rode that six uh, 19 hours and backed it up with 12 again, I had a completely different perspective on 12 hours. All of a sudden, I'd broken through that false wall of perception that I'd put up myself where I was like just struggling to get 11 hours. And, you know, I, I had kind of capped myself at that 11 hours. I'd hindered myself by putting up this like 12 hours um, parameter that was very difficult. And then once I'd done 19, now the conditions were more favorable, I will say, in that 19 than we'd had in a while. But still to do 19 hours and then back it up with 12, you know, in in 40 hours it was it just blew that false wall down um and uh, as i said then 12 hours seemed easy after after that so that's the first one is just taking the action and living the action and kind of um breaking through that false wall that i put up and the second one was just towards the end i talk about the water been heavy so if we remember um, when I, the four controllable, coming back to the four controllables here uh, briefly, um, one of the awareness pieces to pre-prepare your awareness during the uh, using the four controllables is a cue and a question. So um, asking yourself the right questions is an incredibly powerful um I suppose you might say incredibly powerful behavior or practice or habit. Um, and that's why I like to pre-prepare them in the four controllables. So while I am going through an effort, then I am concentrating and to bring myself back to a concentrated state if i ever come out of it because of stress because of the way our mind is wired i have pre-prepared these cues and questions so that's something i would have learned on the atlantic or seen clearly as i talked about in the four controllables episode i would have seen clearly that asking myself questions brings me back into that concentrated state and once i am in a concentrated state on concentrating on something within my control i cannot be i can only be present i cannot be stressed i cannot be anxious in that present moment so that's what would have been going on here i was asking myself questions 
while on the oars in this concentrated state of how do I move this boat faster and I noticed was that um, the water was uh, a little bit heavier at times now I don't have sitting here right now I continued on this journey and I finished it um, I hate to burst your bubble if you are following for the first time but um anyway i don't i don't have an answer to this i don't know if if that's such a thing you know i'd have to talk to somebody who's much more spent much more hours on the uh, ocean as me but i had this question in my mind all the time like from that feedback through my body through the oars into my body through my nervous system and i felt at times from looking at the water as well and the color of it and been in this concentrated state on true intention intention to move the boat faster how do i get there faster how do i get there to the best of my ability through my standards i realized that or i well at least i perceived that there was moments throughout the day where the water seemed heavier or it seemed to be heavier to row in and then that the i want to say as well that there was a different color to it Anyway, I don't have the answer. You, you got to be patient with this thing. I have a little bit of information. It could be right. It could be wrong. It's a perception of mine. I was at this stage and probably still is. And when I go into another ocean row, I will, I will gather more information around this that will uh, help me make a better decision. But it just comes back to that um, behavior that I have to question everything and even on uh even on the ocean um it was there it was present it was it was been actioned um through rowing and through observing even after day 51 i don't be, like i i i believe in being in that concentrated state you know uh, not switching off uh, and and living through the challenge and getting the most from it and um that's a that for me is a, an opportunity to to learn and to grow and to get better from and you do that by questioning everything questioning your perceptions of what is happening in the moment through the feedback into your nervous system and uh, building up a bank of information and then over time being patient with that and continuing the process and pushing in different stimuluses and searching uh, you get a little bit more clarity on the on the information and you might be able to make a, a realer uh, or at least a um, a judgment based on reality over time so i uh, hope that makes sense but that was my uh, question everything and i was in a very kind of as you can see i was in a very kind of contemplative mood or i was in a calm mood anyway in this uh, or this this video at least the the kind of um the aura of it was quite calm and reflective whereas the video for day 52 you're about to hear was very different unless uh, since i've given this video to niall he's been able to tone down the wind but uh, brace yourself because this was taken outside and uh, it was windy morning
tell you why, because then I try and put a bit of power into the oars, I get kicked off to the side. And then when I'm really careful with my line, like take a cloud line, that means I'm looking at a cloud in the distance and trying to keep it. On this trade winds route across the Atlantic from, you know, somewhere in the Canaries to um, somewhere in the Caribbean, there is a, um, a kind of desired or almost ideal weather conditions for ocean rowing boats. And that is easterlies, so winds coming from the east blowing to the west, ash, the kind of sweet point in terms of strength is 20 knots. Some would desire maybe 25, but it becomes a little bit a little bit sketchier when it gets to that type of strength. <clears throat> anyway, so this is the you know the narrative, and this is what is pushed about by people who don't. Um, it's it's regurgitated information by often by you know. In the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, I would say ninety-five percent of the people doing it are first timers, and you receive this information off somebody who's done it before, or your weather router, and it gets regurgitated, and that's you know that's what everyone hopes for and wishes for. Um, and this is great. This is set up in your mind. These these can this that weather condition uh, those. Uh, metrics are set up in your mind for okay those are great when they come you know that'll push the boat along at uh, a kind of optimal um, speed and direction and it'll mean I get across faster and those are really good trade wind uh, conditions so this is in your mind right and I had a somebody uh, weather routing for me leaving 
So uh, even you send me um, a text message and an email every day, same thing, with the five days forecasted ahead. So basically I was getting a window into the next five days according to the weather system reports he was looking at, which I believe were eight different reports and trying to make a call on what is best uh, direction-wise for me to, to go and waypoints and, um, you know, uh, warning or not consider um considering what was ahead so i'm seeing this uh, email or text message every day and um your expectations start to build when you start you know four days five days from now you see you know some westerly so it might be uh north northwest or uh, west northwest or might just be west great fantastic or you know south southwest it's going west anyway and it says 20 knots and you're like oh yes that day that's a that'll be that'll be a day i'll get you know 50 plus miles 52 miles i might even get 55 if i roll for 15 hours so you start building up this story in your head um what i had forgotten on this day when conditions similar to those arrived so some form of um easterly wind blowing me west blowing me to antigua or the caribbean at 20 knots what i had forgotten was that they might be great for a ocean rowing boat a fully functioning one with steering but you don't have fucking steering damien you lost steering you know four weeks ago whatever it was on day 17 and i you forget this because these between um after losing my steering and now these um conditions were rare i don't really remember many days when they were at that type of uh, strength and uh, direction so it's not as if you're dealing with this every day and before this day day 52 i hadn't had it in uh i don't know in ages so you see these things come and you build up your expectations you kind of almost run out onto the oars. You're like, right, today, big, big day today. And then 20 minutes in, it hits you like a ton of heartbreaking fucking bricks. Yeah, do you remember? You don't have, these conditions aren't good for you. You cannot row well in these. It's just the, 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 you can't keep the boat in any way straight with those winds. They're just too strong. Um, and that's some of this language I know might be quite difficult to follow because this is just labels uh, or sentences or uh, you know a, a sequence of words that I made up to the, explain it to myself um, and one of those was kicked out what that meant was if you imagine you're holding your phone in front of you right now um, and it is uh, top to bottom so the top is furthest away from you, the bottom, the speaker part is closest to your mouth. You're just fo- holding in front of you straight. So what that means is kicked out to me is the wind is coming straight down the phone into your face. Okay. When the wind is above 20 knots, your phone now is, I want you to imagine your phone as my boat and where I sleep the big kind of bulbous cabin is the far end of the phone where you listen into the ear. So imagine now the boat is and the wind is coming straight into your face. So the wind is coming straight down the boat, straight down your phone, right? 
and that big bulbous cabin where you know I live um, throughout the day where all my electrics are is on the far side that has um, a, a windage a catchment area right it's it's sticking up mostly out of the sea so when the wind when that like and that boat is constantly bobbing and weaving and moving with the oars or with the with the conditions right with the the movement of the surface water when that wind is so strong 20 knots what it does is it just it any way if that cabin the end of your phone is turned like two or three degrees to the right or two or three degrees to the left the wind just catches that side of the cabin instead of flowing over the top of it it just catches one side and it pushes it down sideways so it grabs hold of the top of your phone and um, it pushes it down either to the left so the phone is now um, sideways onto your face or push it down to the right again the phone is now sideways onto your face but just it's the other um, side that is facing you right that is exactly what happened to the boat when the wind was too strong without steering and that's what I mean by kicked out it got kicked out of that wind tunnel that perfect wind tunnel that was blowing me west the wind was so strong that if the boat was a few degrees to the right or the, the cabin of the boat showed a few degrees to the right or the left, the wind would just hit the side of that cabin, even only if it was two or three degrees, it would just hit it and push it down. And I had I was kind of powerless to that. And for me to bring that boat around, what I had to do is I had to shove, depending on what side, but I had to shove um, my, say, left oar into the water and like a fulcrum or leverage off that so i'd hold that against the flow of water on the blade so i just put the blade in the water torque up my shoulder and hold it in the water like put all my pressure in and just hold it there so that was kind of like a wall to push off a wall of water on the face of the blade and then on the other side i would row as hard as i could so on my right hand side, I would row, 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 using the left hand side as leverage. And eventually you'd bring the boat back in line with the way, uh, with the wind. So you'd have that cabin in the sweet spot and you'd be like, all right, nice one, let's go again. And it might only be three or four strokes <laughs> or it might be like this um, in this video where I talk about. So I have the cabin where I want to now and I pick a line, I pick a cloud just over the line of the cabin. And then I, I kind of, I move the boat with these little taps left and right, left and right, just trying to, um, to reposition the cabin so it doesn't show any degree. So I'm watching what the water is doing, right? And then I see that it's, uh, it's going to move the boat a little bit to the left. So just with the right oar, then I just tap a tiny bit into the water and it remedies the boat and the cabin and it stays in line. It doesn't give it a chance to, um, the wind a chance to grab that cabin and push it down. So that's what I mean by tapping, tapping along and keeping a, a close eye on the cloud. So uh, I have a, a wind direction kind of cue or um, point. So I know the wind is exactly where that cloud is. And then uh, just tapping it from left to right, tapping, just keeping it there and trying to use the power of this wind, which is incredibly valuable, this 20 knot wind pushing to the left. 
but like again it could be three four or five strokes or i might you know between looking at the waves and the cloud and between kind of use your peripheral vision um to uh to be reactionary to what the wave is doing so you can keep the cabin uh in line uh you might miss a beat and then the wind is so strong it just pushes you down and that was just a constant thing and then with the expectation so that's really hard work you can imagine doing that time and time and time again it's it's really soul destroying stuff um and then uh and the effort is is huge like when i got that and again i call it back on top because you felt like you were kind of back on top of the waves and i know i've talked about this before but i hope i'm um explaining it uh you know it's it can be hard to pick these things up so i hope i'm explaining a little bit better this time but so when i got the boat back on top um which again is just a sequence of words i used because this is what it felt like to me when i was in line with the um wind the the wind direction and the, it felt like you were sitting on top of the waves rather than when when the boat was beam on or when it got blown down sideways onto the waves you felt like you were at the bottom of the waves you know so when I got the boat back on top I used to be like blown out my hole with the effort and then you're in this really delicate place where you're at the most like it's your it's the optimal position it's what you've worked really hard for but you were incredibly vulnerable to the um the wind just grabbing the cabin straight away and pushing you back down and that's why i say it's like so demar it's soul destroying like the demoralization from it because you got to go through that whole process again which is really hard work and then there's no guarantees um that when you get it back up there you're going to stay for very long but the rewards of being back up there being what i again what i felt and what i deemed was sitting on top of the waves were huge like and it was just it was worth the effort because the longer you could stay up there it just you know the boat just seemed to um flow just seemed to go with all the conditions you know the the wave direction obviously the wind direction and um the currents so uh, there was there was some nights around coming up in this period where you know i i actually ended up staying up there for an hour an hour and a half which was like just like nirvana you know it's like i never in my wildest dreams even attempting um to get back up on top of the waves with the boat with no steering again coming back to the no steering thing um did i dream that i'd stay up there that long but you know that was just that was the rewards and, and as we'll as we'll hear they're they're great days they're bigger days in terms of mileage but um yeah so with the you know coming back to the how hard work this is and then having this expectation around um mileage uh, conditions and uh, their bearing on the boat and their bearing on your mileage and then you know having these fucking numbers come into your head oh well that day you know i'll get 50 and miles or 52 miles that'd be a great day and then that'll take so much off my average or my uh, estimated arrival time just shit that's not in your fucking control but your mind goes there anyway and that's what was happening here and that's why 
it was such a frustrating day for me because I had built up these expectations uh, and I'd forgotten basically that um, they may be good for every other fucking ocean rowing boat in this race right now. They're all profiting from it. But guess what, Damien? You're not. In fact, you are It's going to fucking not only is it going to uh, suck the life out of you because you've built up this expectations, but it's also going to be really hard work because you're going to be sitting under these fucking waves all day. They're going to be smashing you and you're going to have to fight to get back up on top of them. And when you do, you're just going to get blown back down. You got to go through that all again and again and again all fucking day. So you can see why I was frustrated. <laughs> you can see why I was um, a little bit angry uh, with myself, um, I would say, for, for letting this kind of state uh, creep up on me or this these expectations um, uh, get into my brain. And um, in the next episode, I have a video, audio video, that... Um, I'm going to share with you guys on uh, something I used, uh, a tool, a mental tool I used, uh, or mental process I used to reset my mind, uh, which is called uh, an affirmation. And this is uh, probably my favorite video uh, that I made. It was an absolute vent of the highest order uh, and one I use a lot in, um, in talks. Uh, I love to share with people, despite the innumerable fucks that are used in it. I've even used it for national school kids uh, with a warning, but uh, it's 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 some um, it's just it's real. And it was going this this day had um, it was very very tough mentally, and this was something that this was a tool. Uh, these affirmations were a tool uh, that really fucking helped me massively so i look forward to sharing that with you i'm not going to go into it today because it'll just it deserves nearly an episode on its own we'll see if that's going to be the case i don't know but um it, it might well be and i really want to go into detail around the process of affirmations and you know what they do and how to really connect with them and how you know they can be really powerful um and maybe you know you guys might you know might get something from that something valuable um i i sure as hell think you will if you if you practice them practice them well and deliberately as with internal life so that's it for this week guys uh hope you enjoyed the show and um as always thanks for listening it's much appreciated if you uh, would like to support the show, you can do so in the kind of traditional way of subscribing, following, liking, sharing through your social medias, leaving a review on a podcast platform if uh, that's applicable to the one you listen to this on. And um, there's also uh, the Deep Roots community on Patreon. You can get involved there, join that, cost you about the price of a coffee a week and it's a obviously it's a huge boon to the show the more people we have there in that group uh, supporting and you know for the continued production so um yeah that consider that and uh if you have any questions uh now that we got the q a number three out uh, that was recorded quite a while ago was out um try and get a the fourth one done before the end of this series uh so do get them to me through uh social media probably instagram is the best place through the deep roots uh podcast page on uh, instagram or through my own personal 
page on Instagram, which is at Owlstock, A-U-L-D underscore stock. Or you can go through my website, of course, DamienBrown.com. But, you know, find a way to get them to me. I'm sure you will if it's a, a burning question you have. And uh, I'll get that into the probably be the last Q&A, which will be um, number four. And uh, to those of you who have sent in questions, because there is two or three, I think, that I didn't get into the last two episodes. Don't worry, I haven't um, haven't forgotten about you. I still have them stored and they'll be answered in number four. So uh, thanks for your patience. Uh, you probably sent them a good six weeks ago, but um, they will be answered. That's a promise to the show while you are, you know, training or even exercising um, or doesn't matter really. However you're listening to the show, feel free to share it and just tag Deep Roots. Uh, podcast and um, yeah it'd just be interesting to see if you are training um, please don't do it until you're finished uh, because you know if you are serious you're trying to get more out of yourself so you need to be in that kind of focused deliberate concentrated state so you don't need to be thinking about what you're putting on social media that's just going to dilute your training so uh, wait till you're finished and uh, take a little quick clip and uh, yeah a picture and then you know if you feel like you want to post it tag deep roots um, podcast um from my end uh what's going on no news on everest yet so i'm still training away um the the weight is coming down quite well regularly maybe even a little bit slowly but i'm pretty happy where i'm at and training is going well even though cycle two hasn't been as good as cycle one um but uh still a very high standard yeah cycle one was i would say exceptional never really hit that before um but i just haven't been there in cycle two but i'm still getting some good quality work done and uh, i'm happy where i'm tracking at uh should know like i said in the next week or two if it's if it's a gore again this year what else um uh this week on patreon we had three or four posts up there really put in a concerted uh really concerted effort on there uh like i've mentioned and uh you know, there's um, there's loads of quality content going up there from my point of view. And I'm, I'm putting I'm putting um, time and energy into it. And I hope uh, you guys are profiting from it. Freezebury, I hope if you are partaking in Freezebury, I hope it is going well. Uh, by the time you listen to this, it'll be day 16, 16 minutes in the water. You're right at that psychologically tough point where you're over halfway, but you're a long way from the finish. It's just time. It's the exact same on the first day as it is on the last day. Uh, so just stay present and don't worry about the outcome. Concentrate on what's in your control. And remember, I said this to somebody during the week, a couple of young guys in Bray um, who are doing it, Patrick and Luke, I think. If in doubt, think of this one cue uh, while you're in there. Calm the breathing, calm the mind. Keep striving for more from yourselves. Cheers.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.